Thanks for tuning in to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join us as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this journey here with us. Welcome to this episode of Tax Strategy Digest. Today, our guest is Patrick Lang, who specializes in the sales and acquisitions of heating and air companies. Patrick has been an entrepreneur his entire life, buying, growing, and selling businesses in multiple industries, including owning a residential heating and air company himself. Patrick is undoubtedly an expert in the field of business brokerage, having earned multiple awards for transactions and dollar volume of businesses sold. Patrick, thanks so much for joining me on the episode today. Paul, thank you so much for having me. I know we've been connected on LinkedIn forever, so it's good to sit down and be able to talk a little bit. Yeah, I'm really excited. So tell us what I missed in the intro. What's your story? Yeah, so I'll go back a little ways then to kind of how I got here. So I actually was in the financial planning business. I owned a financial planning company. Um, I decided I, I didn't want to go to work one day. It was it was kind of bad to own your own business and not want to be there. So I sold that company and started buying service companies. First, uh, we got in the swimming pool service business, and we were buying, growing, and selling swimming pool companies throughout the state of Florida and um, decided I wanted to do something different and uh, met a business broker at a BNI meeting. And um, he told me what he did. I didn't even know a business broker existed. So he tells me what he did. And I thought, well, I've been doing that for myself. I guess I can do it for other people. So about uh, probably 14 years ago or so, I became a business broker. And I sold everything initially, bars, restaurants, gas stations, flower shops, you name it, I sold it. And um, I listed a heating and air company for sale. And so I bought it. I love businesses with barriers to entry um, and heating and air in the state of Florida you need a license. And so, so I like businesses like that. I like businesses also that, that I think are relatively recession resistant. I live in Florida. I don't know a husband dumb enough to tell his wife he's not going to fix the air conditioner in the summertime. So I thought it was a relatively good business to get into. I ran it for two years. We grew it quite a bit. And I realized I missed the brokerage world and um, and having employees and being back in an office and being tied to all that just wasn't a lot of fun for me. So I went to sell the company. And even as a broker, I started looking and I couldn't find a lot of information about it. We were a smaller company. And if you were doing, you know, $20 million in sales, people would line up to help you. But we were doing just over a million dollars in sales and uh, I couldn't find a lot of information. So my son actually bought me out. Um, he ended up buying the business. I'm in his office today. So my office is still in his building. So I'm around the heating and air business all day, every day. And um, I decided that if I couldn't find anything, either could probably anybody else. So I decided to change my practice, just focus on heating and air. Um, initially in Florida, and then I sold a company in Georgia and then the Carolinas. And next thing I know, I was nationwide. So we've been doing it for six years, exclusively doing the trades, and I've sold 120 heating and air companies in that period. So we've been fortunate to help a lot of people, um, see a lot of different businesses, and, and that's kind of how I got here. Perfect. And you mentioned you've sold about 120 of these um, heating uh, and air companies. And so what's your tra uh, traditional sales price? If there's someone listening 
Um, is there, do you have a kind of a minimum or a maximum on people you'll help? No, you know, really the, the smallest, the smaller companies and, and in the industry, they call them chuck in a truck, you know, kind of a one man operation are really the hardest to sell um, for multiple reasons, but, but really it's not, it's often not a business. It's just a high paying job. Right. And if they don't go to work, there's no revenue being generated. And, and nobody calls me wanting to work that hard. You know, if buyers call me, they don't say, hey, I want to work 14 hours a day and then go home and do paperwork. So they want a business with people. So that that's really the hardest. So I've, I've tried to slow down. I'm, I'm trying to sell one and two man operations only because with a small company like that, they're extremely profitable. They have no overhead. So they're making a lot of money. The downside is a buyer looking at it says, well, I've got to pay somebody to get in the truck. I've then got to pay somebody to do the books. I've got to pay the, all these people. And so that buyer is not going to net anywhere close to what the seller's netting. So the buyer makes their offer based on what they can make. And it ends up being leaps and bounds away from what the seller's looking for. So it just makes it so challenging. Um, and the, the right person to buy it is a young person just getting started. And they don't have any money, so so it's kind of a, it's it's kind of a catch. Um, the bulk of what I sell is probably a million and a half in sales to eight million in sales. I'll sell a few a year, doing over ten million dollars in sales, and a few under that threshold. But the bulk is kind of right in between that ranges, and not not necessarily by design. There's just a lot of them out there. So what are the, some of maybe the underlooked attributes right now when it comes to buying or selling? an HVAC company, what are some of the things that buyers and sellers should be looking for? Yeah. So kind of we'll answer that separately from a buyer's perspective. A lot of buyers are looking for bigger companies to buy. There's been a lot of private equity interest in the space. And so there's a lot of people who've left private equity and are trying to copy that model and do it on their own. The problem is pricing is extremely high right now on those bigger companies. And for somebody getting into the business with no industry experience, they're going to have a steep learning curve. And so they're going to be hanging on, really. I mean, they're going to be buying this business they know nothing about and, and trying to squeeze some margin out of it. Where I see smaller companies, companies doing a million and a half, $2 million in sales, they're typically run by technicians turned business owners. So 20 years ago, they got mad at their boss. They went and got a license, started their business, and they've been in business ever since. They've done a great job taking care of their customers, their employees, the communities. They've supported every little league team for 20 years. They've done a great job, but they weren't necessarily great business owners. They, they've never had any business training. They just got up and went to work every day and took care of people. Those are businesses, in my opinion, that have a lot of low-hanging fruit. For somebody with, with business experience, not necessarily heating and air, that can come in and make some instant improvements. They can put some automation and some CRMs. They can deliver a better customer experience. They can track expenses better. So, so to me, somebody looking to get in, I think looking a little bit smaller to start with would be a better opportunity. Second thing is on that size, you know, you buy a big company, all the private equity groups can buy these bigger companies and overpay for them because they've got economies of scale, right? They're doing a billion dollars a year in heating and air. Their cost of equipment's cheaper. Their cost of insurance is cheaper. They're able to buy that business and save it money instantly. Well, the new guy or girl getting into the business doesn't have any of that luxury. So they're going to be right where it is. So they're going to do everything they can to maintain that value that they had to overpay for. So that's on, on the buying side. If I'm looking, I'm looking a little bit smaller and looking for opportunities. 
from the seller side, I think the reality is for most of my clients, they've never sold a business in their life. And for most of my clients, it's the biggest sale of their lifetime. And, and they don't know where to go and get information, right? They don't know who to ask. They can't call their friend and say, hey, what do you think my business is worth? Or I'm making a million dollars. What should it be worth? So for a lot of people, they don't know where to go. And with all these buyers entering the space, people are calling them saying, I want to buy your company. And instead of getting somebody to help them and really understand the value, they're just saying, okay, it seems like a fair deal to me. So I think whether it's heating and air, electrical plumbing, really any business, I think getting a good understanding of what your business is really worth. Because part of why I do these, these podcasts and the different things that I do is, is I've been in a seller's shoes. I sold my financial planning company. I didn't know anything about it. Um, and I took less money than I should have because I sold it to somebody that I knew that I thought was going to do what I did. Well, they didn't. So their business, they can do whatever they want to. Well, if I would have known better, I could have went to the open market and got more money. And, and, and my clients and my, my employees would have voted with their wallets anyways. I mean, if they would have, weren't happy, they would have left. And, and I took less money to protect them. And at the end of, end of the day, they left and didn't care anyway. So, so I think, um, so that's part of it. I also, I spend a lot of time sitting at kitchen tables and telling somebody their business has no value. And that's an, it's an atrocious conversation to have with a 70 year old couple that thought they were building up their retirement nest egg. And now I've got to tell them nobody wants it. And so, so I do these, these podcasts, these interviews, write articles, I go in speaking opportunities and it's really, it's really to get the word out, not just for me, but, but find somebody, you know, if you're selling, you know, a, a tire shop, find somebody who sells a lot of tire shops and find out what your business is worth. You know, if you're in the construction business, find somebody who does that. There's a lot of great brokers out there. Um, but most people don't know who to ask and they don't ask until they're ready to walk out the door. And by then you're tired. You know, you're beat up a little bit. There could be some health issues. They've got all these problems. They've taken their foot off the gas a lot of times. They're thinking about retirement. They've slowed down their marketing and advertising. So now the business is on a decline. And now they're wanting to go find out what it's worth. And so I think from the buyer's perspective, you know, get a snapshot. Find out where you are today and where it needs to be that you're, you know, the ultimate goal you're going for. You know, it's a financial plan for your business. And I think enough people don't do that. Um, and so that would be the, the, the long drawn out answer to your two short questions. No, that's perfect. I, I know you touched on it very briefly. You mentioned about how technology having CRMs, um, different smaller attributes, just like that. Have you seen there be opportunities for buyers to come in and maybe, um, utilize some of these new technologies that are currently being developed and, uh, be able to modernize maybe a little bit older of business practices and uh, just absolutely ramp up the value of those businesses? 100%. Absolutely. See it happen all the time. And especially when they buy at the smaller level, right? You buy a $10 million company, they're already going to have systems in place and salespeople in place and technology in place and delivering value and doing those things. You buy a company doing a million and a half, and they're just struggling to keep up. Oftentimes they're so busy, they can't handle the work they've got. So the thought of them of marketing and advertising is just a foreign language. They don't want the phone to ring anymore. It's ringing more than they can handle. And so, so absolutely, somebody can come in and deliver a better client experience using automation. Use the heating and airspace as an example with CRMs. There's CRMs now that 
you can enter Mrs. Smith, you know, her appointment at 10 o'clock on Tuesday, and it's going to send her an email letting her know, confirm the, the appointment, you know, 20 minutes before she's going to get a text and say, hey, Johnny's on his way out. Here's a picture of Johnny so you know who he is. He likes long walks on the beach and has three kids and he's a nice guy. He'll be there in 20 minutes and you could track him along the way. Well, that customer didn't even know that service existed, right? They, they're, they're, their former heating and air person didn't do any of that. They called him and said, I'll be there between 10 and 2. And they showed up whenever they got there. And so, so it's a whole new level of service that they didn't know existed. And that new person often charges for it. You know, they're able to charge more money because they're delivering more value. They're, they're talking about more options. Many, many people, they're struggling to keep up with the work they've got. And so with that struggle, the thought of sitting in somebody's home and talking about indoor air quality and increased filtration and all these other things, same thing, you think of an auto mechanic, a good auto body share, an auto mechanic shop, they're lined up the door. They can't get to it. Well, they're not talking to you about preventative maintenance and what you're going to do. They're fixing your brakes and sending you down the road. So, so th there's, there's, there's opportunities there where, once again, buy a big company hanging on, buy a small company. It is so much easier to take a company doing a million and a half in sales and get it to three million than it is a company doing ten million to get it to twenty million. And um, and so yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of opportunities. I've seen it happen. I've done it personally with the company I bought. Um, so yeah, definitely. Now, as a broker, is that something that you are helping your sellers with? Maybe they're not as knowledgeable about the different uh, technology that could be used to add value to their own business. And you know that a, a prospective buyer is going to come in, they're going to add in, you know, X CRM system that's going to boost their revenues by an approximate amount. And uh, do you kind of help them still optimize that dollar amount towards what you know that the, the new buyer is going to get? Or how do you navigate that uh, that negotiation process? So, so I try to, you know, the reality is many people when they come to me, they're done. Right. They don't want to hear install new technology and learn a new system and buy new iPads and teach everybody something new. So a lot of times, no, um, I write a lot of articles. I've got a YouTube channel, probably have 70 videos on it, talking about buying and selling in the heating and airspace. And if you're a seller, what you should focus on, the things you should do. We write articles for industry publications. Um, we email um, all of the people in our system who've indicated that they might want to sell at some point in the future. Here's some things to focus on. So we do it that way from an educational standpoint. I don't necessarily coach people because there's a lot of organizations out there that do that, do a great job of that. I more give them the information. Once again, when they come to me, for the majority of them, they're done. You know, they, they're, they're looking at the door. They're not looking to build a business to maximize value. So when do owners really come to you and start that conversation of, hey, I'm starting to look at exiting. What are some of the things that I can do that are going to maximize my value when that time does come in a few years? The reality is too late, typically. And uh, it's crazy. I just released a, I just did a YouTube video Monday morning, I think, talking about when you should go talk to a broker. And the best answer is yesterday. You know, I mean, getting that understanding of where you are, most people have no clue what their business is worth. And so if they came to me five years earlier and I told them, here's what it was worth, the shock would be there. And they'd say, okay, now what do I need to do to get to where I want to be? They're coming to me when they're done and saying, okay, I'm done. What's it worth? And I'm telling them, and they're looking at me sad. And so, so I have some people um, who I work with that they'll send me their, their P&Ls quarterly. 
and we're tracking it and here's what it's worth today and here's where we are now and here's what you can do to improve some of that. So we're doing some of that stuff now, but really not enough. And I offer it because I want to stop having the, the, the sad conversations at a kitchen table. So I do everything I can to get information out about valuation so people can get that done. So when you have a buyer who comes to you, what are some of the things that you help them look for when they're looking to purchase a, a HVAC company? So it's kind of a loaded question because it really depends on who the buyer is. Um, we sell quite a few companies to private equity groups that one company I work with has bought 170 companies in the last three years. They don't need me telling them what they'd be looking for in buying a company. I had a closing today of a gentleman who worked for an insurance company and he's buying his first heating and air company and knows nothing about it. So for him, it's every step, every part of the process and what to look for and what does this mean and what's this definition and where can you go to get information? So it, it really, that's a challenging question for me to answer without saying who here, who it is, you know, that, that we're looking at doing it with. If you have someone who's going to be buying their first heating and air company, what is one thing you would tell them before they got into it? Develop a plan for growing their own staff. So the biggest problem facing the industry and so many industries right now is lack of qualified talent. Um, there's more work than there is people to do the work or people wanting to do the work. I don't know, <laughs> we don't know what the real answer is there, why there's there seems to be such a shortage of people. A lot of people are getting out of the trades. It's maybe not as, you know, as glamorous as it was at one point in time and so um the biggest struggle people have is not making the phone ring for most companies the phone's ringing more than they can get to it it's who's going to do the work and who's going to do a good job and who's going to take care of your customer and who's going to be presentable um and so the companies that are super successful are the ones who have who've developed a system to bring people in they hire for attitude and train for aptitude so they're bringing people in with no industry experience and they're teaching them their way of doing it. They're not having to break 30 years of bad habits. They don't have, they're not getting compared to, well, that's not what they did at the last company I worked at, all those things. So that's something that a lot of people getting in don't think about. Um, and, and everything else, you know, if you just take care of people, everything else will take care of itself. And so if you take good care of your customers and if you take good care of your employees and, you know, and your vendors, it's, at the end of the day, in my opinion, everything's a people business. And so it's just how you interact with the people. So you take care of them, business will take care of itself. It's, it's where are you going to get the people to do the work? And that's, um, and having that plan in place is my, what I would consider my best advice. So Patrick, you said that you work not only in Florida, you're, you're a broker that's nationwide. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Now, do most of the people who reach out to you, are they mostly in Florida? No. No, I, I unfortunately live on an airplane and, uh, and I drive about 100,000 miles a year. And so, uh, no, I travel a lot and uh, I'll sell, I don't know, I'd have to look, maybe five a year in Florida. So five out of 20. Um, but uh, the rest of them are all around the country. I do quite a bit in the Southeast. Um, and I think just because I kind of got started in the Southeast, you know, when I first started going, it was Florida, Georgia, sold quite a few in Alabama and through just anyways, the Southeast. Um, but I've sold a lot in California. I have a closing in California tomorrow. Um, I, um, I, I've got some in New York, New Jersey, 
Illinois. I've got two under contract in Illinois. So, so yeah, no, I'm all over the place. Thank goodness. I'm very blessed to stay as busy as I am. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You definitely, uh, you're getting those miles in. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, some days my wife likes it. Another day she doesn't. So, you know, it's my kids. You ever take around, her with so you? I, what's, and, uh, she goes with me sometimes. It depends on if we're going to a nice location. That's kind of her thing is we, we had a trade show in New Orleans. She's like, oh, I'm going to go to that with you. So, I, you know, so she'll come to something like that. It depends on, I think next week I've got to fly to, to Sheridan, Wyoming. So she was looking at the weather a little bit ago to see what it was going to be like in Sheridan before she decided if she wanted to go with me. So, you know, <laughs> just it changes based on time of year. Right. Well, Patrick, tell me, why is it that you do what you do? What is your why? You know, it's multiple reasons. So from a business perspective, I, I love peeling back the curtain and looking at what makes somebody successful and, and especially blue collar America. You know, I, mean, I think that's what built the country. And, and I really get to help people um, and, and I get paid. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm doing this. I, somebody told me a long time ago that to be successful in business, have a heart of a social worker and a mind of capitalist. And with the combination of those two things, you'll be okay. And I think there's a lot of reality that I get to help a lot of people and I get compensated for it. My big why, the, the reason I do it all is my family. You know, I've got, uh, I've got three kids. My youngest is graduating. He'll graduate from college in June or July, and he already works for me um, behind the scenes, and he'll come work for me full-time. My oldest bought my heating and air, my old heating and air company, and he runs it today. Um, and my daughter uh, is saving the children of the world uh, through adoption and other things. So, so that, that's my why. I mean, that's the ultimate uh, reason I do it is for, to, for my family. Well, that's awesome. I, uh, I always love hearing the family um, as the why. I mean, that's why I do what I do as well. Um, Patrick, people want to reach out to you. How can they, uh, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can reach out to me directly on my website, businessmodificationgroup.com. I'm extremely active on LinkedIn, on Facebook. I have a YouTube channel. When you look me up, just Patrick Lang, Business Modification Group, you'll see another Patrick Lang. He's a triathlete and in a lot better shape than I am. So if you get to that <laughs> one, that's the wrong page. But uh, you look for a chunky guy sitting in the woods uh, talking about buying and selling heating and air companies, then you're on the right place. And so, um, but I'm happy to answer any questions I have, even if it's not heating and air related. If you're, you know, looking for a broker or looking to what about this in my business or how about that? I've sold a lot of businesses over the years. And so I can certainly help in other fields or point you in the direction of somebody who can. Perfect. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciated you coming on here. And uh, for those of you listening in, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Tax Strategy Digest. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. I really appreciate it.